¿Qué pasó, mi gente? It is Aneli, your host of the Ike Rico podcast. Today is episode three, and I am so excited to talk about today's topic because it's one of those things that you guys have always asked me and I've never really opened up about it, or it's just way too much for a lot of people on social media. Too many details, but it was one of the things that you guys actually voted on as far as topics, and I have a bunch of topics to get through. I mean, I have so many stories to tell and so many things that you guys can learn from. But this was one of the main top three topics that you cho you guys chose and voted on for me to speak about, which is all about my labor and delivery story with Miss Haley Grace. Oh my God, where do we begin? Okay, so I do not believe in medicated pregnancies, aka I do not believe in the epidural. I have nothing against people who get an epidural. I have nothing against women who have an elective C-section. I have nothing against it. But for me, it was a personal decision to go natural, at least for my first pregnancy. I did hire a doula, which she was amazing. Okay, I didn't have an at-home birth. Relax, people. Um, I had my baby in the hospital, just like you did. And, you know, whoever's a mom here. Um, But a lot of the people thought I was crazy. You are nuts. You're not going to be able to go through it. You're just going to be too painful. You're this, you're that. They called me nuts. They called me crazy. They called me all, everything in the book. Like, just go the easy route. Get, get your epidural. I'm like, it's not the point of being easy. It's the point of it was a personal choice. I felt like my, you know, mother and my grandparents and my aunts, my cousins, especially all of those that gave birth in Cuba, They did everything natural. They didn't even have a hospital. Uh, my grandmother gave birth um, in very strenuous situations. And my mom as well. And I seen multiple births. I seen two natural births and about six or seven births. I think as a total of nine. I've seen nine babies come out of the womb. It's pretty exciting. It's the most exciting thing ever. But I chose to have a natural pregnancy for a lot of reasons. One being that I had read about just horror stories that happened with the epidural, not being able to really move your legs for days or paralyzed from the waist down or it affected the baby in a negative way. And of course, it wasn't a big percentage of children or a big percentage of moms that went through that, but it was still a percentage. And a small percentage, I don't care how small it is, it's always a chance. So I elected to go natural. Um, nine months into the pregnancy, during those nine months, I went to the doulas, you know, educational trainings. I learned how to <laughs> breathe and how to put myself in positions. Yes, Oscar went with me. At the very beginning, he was really, really supportive. He was supportive actually throughout the entire pregnancy until the actual labor happened. Now, Unfortunately, and I don't know exactly what caused this, there wasn't really a, um, there wasn't a really an explanation of what caused this, but at six weeks, I'm sorry, six months, all right, so I was diagnosed with something called placental deficiency, okay? What that is, is my placenta basically gave out. A placenta, normal placenta, the size of a normal placenta is around a football, so imagine mine was a quarter size of that, okay? My placenta wasn't this huge blob of crap okay my placenta gave out at about six months and Haley was not growing to her full potential 
it was a very scary time for us. Um, as parents, we were like, what did I do wrong? Um, no matter how much the doctors assured me that it wasn't my fault, you know, I was scared. I was immediately put at high risk, not only because of my age, I was 32, 33, 33, um, at the time of labor, I got 32, when I was 32, when I was, got pregnant with her, but the doctors did warn me that it had nothing to do with, you know, my age, nothing to do. It was just something that happens. Okay. And I needed to make sure that the healthy food that I was putting in my tummy was going to affect her in a good way and make her grow. Unfortunately, at 32 weeks, um, she wasn't really growing at her full potential and it became a very scary thing. Um, I was going into the doctors at least once a week to get checked. And at 36 weeks, I went in and there was basically no amniotic fluid. I was leaking fluid and I didn't realize it. Okay, so they immediately rushed me into emergency room. I wasn't at the hospital that I was supposed to give birth at. That was number one. Number two, I was not ready with my bags. Number three, my doctor was not available. My doula was not available. So going into this, I am freaking out. They sent me up in a huge room. It was great. It was part of the uh, Kaiser Panorama City new maternity wing. I was really excited about that. I was ready. I called Oscar. I'm like, we're having a baby today. And he's like, well, wait, wait a second. You know, it's only 36 weeks. Is she ready? I said, it's not the point if she's ready or not. It's the point that we have no time. Like there's no fluid in there. So obviously at 36 weeks, normally a, a person or a woman's body is not ready to deliver. Definitely I was not ready to deliver. So I didn't want to immediately go into medications to help me, you know, open up and, and dilate and stuff like that. So I already knew going into it what I wanted to do. And there's a cervical, there's this a cervical cream, okay, that they can put in your cervix to kind of lo lo loosen and soften the cervix. And that works well for 12 hours. So that was the first step. First 12 hours of labor was the cervical cream. Didn't work. It gave me probably one centimeter of dilation in 12 hours. Okay. So the second option was to do the cervical balloon. And basically they insert a, um, imagine like a pump in your vagina. <laughs> now we're getting into crazy open terms here. This is where it gets crazy. This is where you guys are either going to laugh and be like, this bitch is crazy or she's nuts or I'm loving this story. The surgical, the, the surgical, listen to me, the cervical balloon goes inside and they basically pump it up with water and it starts to open up your cervix. Um, and I got up to three centimeters dilated. Okay. And so the labor pain started to come in. Nothing too crazy on a scale from one to 10. I would say it was a two. I was a professional at that time. I was like breathing. I'm like, oh, I can do this. It felt like a small cramp. They were coming in and out, but they were very far length apart. So there were, the contractions weren't coming as quickly as we wanted them to. That was already 12 hours. I'm already 24 hours in the hospital. My family's there. They're like, oh my God, the baby's coming soon. All my friends and family were inside the room with me. Everybody's super excited. They're like, oh, she's going to come on, on my father-in-law's birthday, June 1st. Well, Haley had other plans. Um, 24 hours into my labor, um, obviously I wasn't dilating anymore. And so we actually had to administer Pitocin. And Pitocin is a medicine that is given to you through your IV to help you dilate. I was completely against it, but in this case, I wanted to avoid everything and anything 
to not get a C-section because I know how painful C-sections are after the recovery. Obviously not during, but recovery is a pain in the ass, okay? And uh, 24 hours of Pitocin, I'm now 48 hours into my labor. Now I'm feeling the pains. Now I'm jumping on top of the, the <laughs> oh my God, I can't remember Oscar's face. The noises that I was making, I think I probably sent everybody away just by my noises because they could not bear to listen to the pains. And I remember the nurses telling me, you know, just get the epidural. My family, just get the epidural. Let's have this baby now. Let's get a C-section. Like literally forcing me to try to get these things. And I was like, guys, I guys, I have a birth plan. Oscar was still... He was still gun ho. Okay, this this is my, what my wife wants. I'm, you know, the baby's not in any distress. We're good. So I'm 48 hours into labor, and I probably dilated. I want to say another five. I think it was five centimeters dilated with full administer of pitocin. At that point. The doctor's like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to break your water. You don't have much, a lot of fluid left. So we're hoping that it can open you up. They break the water and the labor pains are now easily 7 out of 10. Contractions are three minutes apart. I mean, I am going through it. I am in pain, guys. I am screaming. I am, you know, standing on top of the bed, bending down, doing all the exercises I can get, I can to go through the things. And guys, by not, by no means do I regret this decision. I still would do it over and over again. Call me crazy. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that you really set your mind to and it's mind over matter. It's the power of the mind is just telling you, you can do this. But at 72 hours and no dilation after water is broke, you know, Haley at this point has no water. I decided that I'm going to start pushing and see what happens because I felt the need to poop. And usually when women feel the need to poop, that means that the baby is coming. So I started pushing and pushing and pushing. We did not realize that Haley at the time while I was pushing Although the doctor can't see her, you know, head, the issue was that she was so tiny that she was running into my cervix. And unfortunately, the midwife that I wanted to be there present at the time when she was taking her break, when we realized that she was so tiny, um, sorry. She was so tiny, she was hitting my cervix and she was sideways, okay? Haley was four and a half pounds, 17 inches long, okay? She was a premature baby. She was coming in sideways to my cervix. There was no way in hell that we would have been able to, you know, get her out if nobody would have gone in there manually. And nobody wanted to go in there manually until my midwife would get in and that was hours from then. We knew after that if somebody would have, you know, repositioned her, she would have been slipped out. Emi- and I wouldn't, I didn't basically have to dilate to 10 because she was so tiny. I'm getting choked up thinking about it because it was a really hard moment to accept that either I got a unplanned emergency C-section or my daughter was going to die. 
But in that moment, I remember my husband just looking at me and crying and saying, please just let's get her out. You know, you're tired. I hadn't slept. He hadn't slept in three and a half days. I think the total pregnancy, labor, and delivery I was in was 82 hours um, from start to finish. I did end up in an emergency C-section, something I didn't want, but, you know, it was for the, the health of my baby. They immediately took her. I wasn't able to hold her. I didn't get to meet my daughter probably for 16 hours. Oscar did follow her to the ICU where he was with her doing, you know, um, skin to skin. And eventually I told the doctors, I need to see my daughter. I can't get up at this point. They had given me so much medication that I couldn't move my legs for probably a day and a half, which was one of the reasons why I didn't want a spinal tap to begin with. I still have back pains because of it. But... I told the doctor, if you don't wheel my ass over to my daughter, I'm going to start throwing punches. And they did exactly what I wanted. They wheeled my whole entire bed into the ICU. I don't know how they made it happen. I got to hold my daughter for the first time. I got to breastfeed her. I got to pray over her. I got to enjoy her. But at some point, I had to tell myself that as much as I wanted a vaginal birth, it didn't happen. And it, it was okay. And the moral of the story is here, guys, that a lot of you guys have uh, asked me about my natural birth and if it's something that I recommend, I 100% would do it over again. I have a lot of my friends that are actually thinking about going natural right now. And, you know, and I tell them, I go, I didn't have the perfect story, but it was my story to tell. And I would 100% recommend a natural birth. Women are made to do this, Okay. For centuries, we are made to birth children, okay? Don't let anybody tell you you are not powerful enough to do it. The woman is such an amazing creature, okay? Being able to birth children is a blessing. Funny enough, now in this world, they think that men can do this. (laughs) That's another topic for another episode, but I would 100% have a natural birth again. My body just was not ready the circumstances of, you know, this potential deficiency was something that, um, I didn't expect. And that was the cards that were dealt to me by God. And I wanted a V back. I've wanted a V back for my second baby. And I remember telling Oscar, I'm like, I want to have a vaginal birth again. He's like, you're nuts. You're crazy. And we came to the conclusion that if I was going to have a boy, I would get a, you know, another C-section and tie my tubes because I was going to be happy and we knew that if we got our boy, we had one of each and we were done. But if we had another girl, I was going to go ahead and have a VBAC, which actually is a vaginal birth after C-section. And I was at the right time. So I think God knew what he was doing when he gave me Ryan. Oscar and I were extremely happy. I mean, when we had our boy, when we found out Ryan was a boy, oh my God, I dropped down to my knees in prayer because I prayed for him. I prayed for that little shit. And let me tell you, he is a little shit. He's a pain in the ass, but I'm so blessed um, to be able to be his mommy and enjoy him every day. But going back to labor and delivery stories, guys, do not let my story scare you. If you're a person who has never had children or you are planning to have children or you're pregnant 
and you think a vaginal natural birth is something you want to do, go for it. Um, I'm not against it. I'm not against either way. I think just do what's right for you. And number one tip that I can give you new mommies or mommies to be is don't listen to anybody. Nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about. Do you, okay? Even doctors, like doctors don't know what the hell they're talking about half the time. You know, they it, things are changing, all right? Do what's best. Do what's best in your heart. Feel it in your gut. And I would say do what makes you feel good, right? Do what makes you feel good. Do what, what you know is right and, and pray about it. And don't you worry, we're going to have more exciting topics, but I wanted to get this one out of the way because it's something that has been sitting on my heart to tell you guys kind of like my labor and delivery story. And I know I didn't want to go ahead and put it on my social media and get all the haters and, oh my God, the comments. Oh my God. Like I said, whatever route you choose, I respect it. But my story was very different than any natural woman who's going 39, 40 weeks of pregnancy, her body's ready to deliver vaginally and, and naturally. So, so yeah, please let me know in the comments if you like this episode, if you were like, nah, this shit sucked. Um, I want to hear from you guys and be honest. Like if there's topics that you want to hear me, uh, speak about or talk about, please let me know. I'll be open to taking any requests, but this was one of the topics that a lot of people wanted to hear about. And it was important for me to share my story. Maybe one day when I'm 70 years old, I forget the horrible labor and delivery story that I had with Haley and I'll go back to this podcast and listen to it. So I hope you guys loved it. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to share with your friends. This is your host, Aneli Rico with the Ike Rico podcast, signing off.